Hello everybody, and welcome to a series of unfortunate sequels, where we explore the highs and lows of cinema's most enduring franchises. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. And today we are talking about uh, the lowest rated movie in the NeverEnding Story franchise. Can anybody guess what the lowest rated movie in the NeverEnding Story franchise is? If you were going to guess the television series... You're wrong. You are so wrong, which is shocking because I didn't even know the television series existed. Yeah, that got way higher ratings than what we watched today, which was the Jack Black classic, (laughs) Never Ending Story 3. So let me tell you, if you liked the Never Ending Story, but hated the fantastical settings, the sense of story progression, the fun characters... The, the better writing, then I have got a movie for you. Oh, I, we have the perfect movie for you. It is called The Never Ending Story 3. Did you say that already? You did. Did it have like a subtitle? The Worst. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. <laughs> uh, like, it kind of is. All right. So. I actually think it does have a subtitle, but I don't remember. It, what it probably was. does, but fuck it. It's awful. It, uh, clearly, we're getting <laughs> the our The Never feelings. Ending Story 3. Jack's biggest regret. <laughs> Maybe not. It was 1994, and I was weirdly attracted to him in this, but we'll get to that with it was, his unibrow. It, it, it was 1994. <laughs> Jack Black is still 40 somehow. Oh my god! We'll definitely get to that. I wrote several notes about that. So we're gonna we're gonna just jump in and start talking about the Never Ending Story three. The movie starts out uh, with like an old man in like the crystal. I was not paying attention at that point. Yeah, I, I missed a lot. Some old man was doing something with writing. Uh, they never really revisited again, so I assume it wasn't that important. No, it, it didn't matter. Uh, we then jump to Bastion doing what he does best, which is running away from bullies and uh, hiding in a library slash bookstore, which it was the bookstore in classic. Yeah. In the first movie and this time it's a library and he sees the exact same creepy old man uh, from I guess it's the same old man. Yeah. And he's got the same name. I, yeah. But I don't they don't have he... any of the same actors. No, from the not... first, second or third. Mo- like they're different in every single movie. So it's kind of hard to tell who's who unless you memorize all the names. Yeah. Which I have not done. I knew Bastion or Bastion. 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 And again, still half the people call him Bastion and half the people call him Bastion. I still the pretentious don't... people call him Bastion. <laughs> What's his fucking name? Uh, Except for Jack Black, who calls him Balthazar. <laughs> yeah, because that's his middle name. So Jack Black throughout the entire movie calls him Balthazar. Uh, I, why was to, he to making, make it more confusing? Why was he making fun of that name? If I found out somebody's middle name was Balthazar, I'd be like, "That's fucking dope." Because his name in that movie is literally Slip. I would is lash his, out. I would lash out at everyone who had a name like Balthazar name too. Slip. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I just went in my notes. I kept writing Jack Black. <laughs> I didn't actually That's because know. he played Jack Black like he does in all his movies. <laughs> no, no. He played a totally different character in like That's true. He played R.L. Stein. Yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> not. Time. Jack Black is a treasure. Don't you dare. No, I love Jack Black. Yeah. Thank you. That's why um, I love that he plays himself in every movie. <laughs> He's not playing himself in this movie. Anyway, uh, Bastion finds a copy of The Never Ending Story and sees that the story is still going. And the old man's like, uh, yeah, I-, I don't even remember. That was like... The- those yeah. are my best notes. Yeah, let's let's. Uh, can we pause for a second on, sure. on that weird bit of trivia? Like he's reading the book and realizes that it has been recording his life this whole time. 
and no one fucking told him and the the dude even makes a little joke like oh don't pick your nose this kid is in high school he's doing way worse than picking his nose and you know it there are at least a hundred pages in that book of him masturbating i'm 100 percent sure honey no you don't it, like you don't include those bits when you're writing <laughs> the book writes itself <laughs> the book does write itself but is it every single moment in his life it seems like it when they're going over it, <laughs> it really but does <laughs> but i don't know if it actually is uh any anyway uh ba- bastian starts reading from the never ending story and, and he goes back a little bit i guess to reread parts of his life that he's already lived and just so we can get a bit of exposition his father has remarried a woman who has a daughter named nicole who absolutely hates her new brother which to be fair the f- pretty much the first thing the new brother says to his new sister is hey here's this magical necklace and i went to a magical land and there's this magical book and it's all real yeah i that's on him yeah i I, like his sister makes fun of him uh right away i think i even yeah i I wrote down uh can't really blame her in my notes (laughs) for for making fun of him uh it's a little harsh though but but they're young you know uh so the most important thing about this whole scene, though, is this is the moment I realized that Bastian was played by the kid uh, in Free Willy, which was very exciting for me because I had a massive crush on that child when I was also a child. Uh, Free Willy was like one of my favorite movies growing up. I watched it over and over again. I didn't even know he was in this motherfucking movie. I would have watched it substantially sooner if I did. And it really is a testament to what a difference writing can make on how an actor does in a movie <laughs> yeah child actors a lot of them they come down to writing and directing um you know he did fine he did his best willie wasn't around <laughs> willie really carried that movie he couldn't he couldn't free this one <laughs> no uh anyway nicole his sister bastian's sister makes fun of his hair so he takes a bunch of gel and spikes it up and we have to look at that for up like a really long time like a sad amount of time yeah because you have to <laughs> You have to so so this movie does a fun thing where it starts with him running from bullies and then does kind of like a flashback but it really only flashes back like an hour so you're only watching like 10 minutes until you're back at the present moment again <laughs> yeah yeah we catch up pretty quickly uh bastian is at school and everyone starts running from the nasties who were the bullies chasing bastian in the beginning apparently they terrorize literally everyone uh in the school and they look a lot like the the enemies in that one pokemon game um did you notice oh, that oh yeah the skulls the skulls i couldn't remember what pokemon game it was but they they reminded me why Wait, uh, no. no, it was the latest one. It was Sun and Sun Moon. Sun and Moon, was it? Yeah. Okay, I, it was great. I, like, I loved that game, and I loved the dumb skulls and their weird costumes, uh, and the st- stupid music that played whenever they were around. And that's exactly the vibe I was getting from the Nasties. They were basically the skulls from the Pokemon game. Um, anyway, the Nasties lock Bastion in a boiler, uh, and they're caught by some guy. I don't know who works for some the school. Janitor, I some guess. janitor. And he's like, I can get you all expelled. So Bastian's like, yeah, fuck these kids. And he gets them expelled, which they don't like. Yeah, so so then we, we catch up to where uh, Bastian was hiding from them in the library. And we see that the Nasties will not let Bastian out. So he grabs the book and he's like, I'm in Fantasia to escape the bullies. And then he's there. It, uh, I don't get it. it. He literally just says a thing and it happens, which seems like 
uh, a power that he could have utilized in a million different ways other than that one. Yeah, he could have been like, and then the bullies walked away. <laughs> Especially given that as soon as you get there, you find out like, oh, but the book is still in the real world, and I can't get back to the real world without the book. Like, hell of an oversight, Bastion. You could have said anything. Yeah, it, it, it's... um. Okay, well, he gets back to Fantasia, and he's back with the sweet old, uh, very loving couple of old gnomes from the first one. I forgot there were gnomes, by the way. They had to remind me of that. With their fun pun. Uh, oh. Delicious gnome cooking. I have a gnome cooking. <laughs> that was great. Uh, they're horrible. I, I really wasn't wishing them back. They were my least favorite part, besides Falcor. From they the weren't first... in two. Huh? They weren't in two. They weren't in two. Great. Uh, yeah, by the way, I had not seen Never Ending Story 2. John has. So I was like, did I miss anything? Apparently fucking not because I was fine throughout this movie. Yeah, they pretend two doesn't exist throughout they the majority really of this movie. Uh, yeah. So so Bastion reunites with this old gnome couple. Meanwhile, at the library, Jack Black and the other nasties have gone in and are, are tearing the library apart, which makes me sad. Uh, and they're talking like a lot of like power rangers villains throughout this movie i noticed did you okay you're nodding so i i that wasn't just me they sound remarkably i just felt like i was watching the power rangers for a lot of this especially since they were they seemed like the literally the bullies in the power ranger in fact i think one of their names is skull isn't it (laughs) (laughs) they do they seem just like the bullies in the power rangers with just like they're remarkably evil for no reason and very stupid and I, i i don't know but anyway the the Power Rangers villains nasties are tearing apart the library and they find the never ending story and they read and they see themselves in it. It's a very strange scene <laughs> that made me unhappy. They do acclimate to it pretty quick. They're like, "Oh, this is weird. All right, now I guess we're in the book. This is <laughs> this is fine now." Yeah, immediately they're like, oh, "Okay, uh, so we're just gonna make things happen to Bastion in this book somehow." Uh, and then, then, then fire starts swirling around and flying through Fantasia, and they ruin the old couple's home and a bunch of trees that I made me sad because I didn't like looking at them. <laughs> and Bastion realizes he can't get back to stop the nasties without the book. Uh, and I wrote, which shows he clearly was not thinking at all and never does. <laughs> was my note on that. It's a good theme throughout the book. Now, you're introduced to a few of the classic Fantasia creatures pretty early, uh, just uh, not as you may have remembered them from the better of the never-ending story movies. Which I just want to apologize for the Falcor in the first never-ending story. I thought he was horrifying. I was so wrong, everybody. He could have been so much worse. He could have been so much worse, because guess what? He fucking was. I... (laughs) They, they decided to give him a, a makeover ah! and a, a real weird, goofy, oh, which way did he go, Fred? Which way did he go? Voice. <laughs> what was this voice? And his dog face was more dog-like. He kind of looked like a Clifford, the big red dog, but white. white and uh, I just really disliked everything. I wish he had his human teeth back. That's oh, where I was yeah, at. I missed those. He, he was way more eeyore in this movie like oh why is it always me yeah i didn't understand what was going on it's like they had to put falcor in there like falcor was really iconic let's throw him in there um he has no purpose let's be honest but he's here (laughs) he's here welcome 
your 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 other favorite, the rock biters, are here. Okay. Remember how hang they're on. like twenty. Hang st- on. <laughs> <laughs> We're skipping a little ahead here. So Falcor comes. Um, I wrote his face and voice are terrible, and I hate everything. Yeah, there's um, there's a New Yorker tree that we yeah, meet real early on. Yeah, there's a tree with a New York accent and an old couple, the old gnomes and Bastion. They all ride on Falcor to go to the Empress, yeah. uh, who can get them back apparently to the human world. The tree immediately mentions Vegas, which was a little confusing to me because mm. apparently they have some sort of uh, knowledge of our world. Uh, like I guess a, a lot of knowledge of our world, weirdly obscure knowledge in some cases, yet not the knowledge to like, I guess, do technology or whatever, <laughs> anything so. really important or like helpful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then we get to the rock people. It took me a minute to realize these were the rock biters. Is that what they were called in the yeah, first one? The rock biters. Um, this was one of the more upsetting things i've had to sit through in a film so the rock biter from the first one is now married uh to a a a woman with rock titties uh that i didn't want to look at uh and they have a little rock child who's the worst thing that's ever happened to me and i complain about him a lot in my in my upcoming notes uh who's watching television with a disturbing song i don't the whole scene was just if it so i don't know if you were thinking about this when we were watching but it was literally dinosaurs but with rock people yeah i was thinking dinosaurs slash the flintstones is the vibe that you kind of get from this scene except terrible yeah they they they're russian now for some Uh unknown reason uh where they used so I think they're technically still supposed to be like huge giants like they were in the first movie, but yes. they didn't have uh, they didn't have any way to show that in terms of perspective. So they just looked like normal sized people in costumes. Um, and that's just kind of what it looked like. They didn't really have a lot of scenes with people of normal size, so you really couldn't tell that they were big at all. No, it wasn't until later when you see that the rock baby is Bastion's size. So, like, the baby is the size of, like, a a teenage boy, I guess. Um, But really, it was just all unnecessary and upsetting, I guess. It's what I could say to this entire movie. The never-ending story three. Unnecessary and genuinely upsetting. Now... (laughs) On the vein of upsetting, unnecessary, and oh, I, rock biters. Yeah, I know what you're going to get to. <laughs> and it's the next part when the rock man is like, I got to ride my three-wheeler uh, with my rock baby for some reason. The rock baby's going to go with him to the Crystal Palace. We don't know why. He just has to go there. And I'm going to sing Born to be Wild the whole time. He does, yeah, except not the chorus. He sings, like, the first verse of Born to be Wild, his, like, rock man version. Yeah, if you want to know what Born to be Wild sounds like, if someone had to choose one note and then sing the whole song with just <laughs> that one note, <laughs> Never Ending Story 3, folks. Uh, I, I yeah, <laughs> I think my, okay, what did I write on this? Okay, this goes on for way too long. <laughs> but we get some really nice scenery and background. There were some nice backdrop images. Maybe one of the only good things I could say about the NeverEnding Story 3. It gave us Jack Black. And uh, there were some nice backdrop images. Some pretty... I had to, unfortunately, look at them while a rock man was singing Born to be Wild. But, you know, we all have sacrifices. <laughs> 
And you really had to absorb all of those background images in that scene uh, because immediately after that, in this fantasy movie, they decide, hey, you know this fantastical world that these characters are in and our, our main character has just been sent to? Eh, screw that. Why don't we send them all to boring-ass New York and then the rest of this fantasy movie will just be uh, with normal New York backdrops without the fantasy land that you've come to know and love about uh, Neverending Story. Yeah, it wasn't even like New York backgrounds. It was just bad sets. Um, so they get to the Crystal Palace and the Empress is like, the Empress, by the way, um, she's come very rude since the first movie. <laughs> she's, um, I, I don't know. She's going through some stuff, the Empress. She's become a little bit of a shit <laughs> since the first movie she's barely in it again uh it was kind of upsetting because the empress made such an impact in the first film even just having her small scenes but in this one like i kind of found her more interesting because she was such a bitch and i loved her and i was like can i just have a whole movie with this fucking bitchy empress just like sassing the shit out of all these fucking fantasia assholes oh it was great i'd watch that I would definitely and watch it. would have that. a way higher rating, for <laughs> sure. Uh, so the Empress says that a plague has overrun the Silver City. Uh, she's running with a creepy man who looks like Snape, who has, like, an inflated head. It was like somebody, like, blew, like, helium into Snape's, like, cranium, and that's kind of what it looked like. And was only put in the movie so they could make head jokes. Honestly, he had, like, two lines. I don't get why he was there, which, again, I could say about 90% of the characters in this goddamn movie. Yeah. They, why were you here? If, if we're being honest... 80% of the movie was that annoying little rock baby asking people to kiss him, and the other 20% was close-ups of Jack Black's unibrow. Fucking 60% of my notes are me complaining about the rock baby. <laughs> I'm not, we haven't even really gotten to the rock baby yet, but Jesus Christ. Uh, so anyway, the Empress summons, uh, she uses the Orn. It took me forever. They kept saying the Orn, and I was like, what the fuck is the Orn? And then I realized it was that snake necklace that Atreyu wore, in the first one, and it just made me miss Atreyu. God damn. He was, like, mostly why the first movies it is so good was because of Atreyu, and he was more interesting to follow. No one cares about Bastion. I'm sorry. You can even be played by the Free Willy Kid, and I still didn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, I'll complain more about that later. Atreyu slapped. <laughs> Atreyu slapped! Atreyu was the fucking best! I fucking love that kid. Uh, anyway, the Empress is like, uh, the Orn's not working, I guess? For, for reasons. For they, reasons. They, they, they start to explain, and then it's almost as if you can you can see the writers give up halfway through the explanation, <laughs> and then the Empress is like, ah, ah, doesn't work. You're asking a lot of questions, stupid kid. Yeah, and then she's like, fuck you guys. It was great. <laughs> um, anyway, the Empress does use the Orn to summon Bastion, uh, just summoning a, a hero with a big heart, and somehow that brings her Bastion, I don't understand, with his weird creepy party, uh, creepy horrible party is what I wrote down, um, including Falcor and the New York accented tree. I don't know. Meanwhile, the rock man and the rock baby are just like hanging out, like they rode there and they're like, cool. I don't know what they were doing there. It was... It was pretty much so, you know, you know, in like Ocean's Eleven, where like you have a group of people and each person has like their own specific skill to do something. And you're like, oh, OK, this is a, an eclectic group that is specifically designed for this task. Imagine if nobody had any skills, but they all still had to somehow try and work together to do something. That's like that's this group. It is a group full of useless <laughs> people who have no skills that are sent on this mission to do something that they can't do. 
That's pretty accurate. <laughs> um, so the old gnomes are also there, and they make this excellent point that Bastion is small and weak and uh, won't be able to get the book back from the Nasties because that's what he needs to do. The Nasties are creating this plague in, in the world of Fantasia, and, and Bastion needs to stop him, but he's pathetic and can't do it. So the Empress gives him the Orn, is like, uh, yeah, wish yourself back. And use the Orn to help you get the book back and, and everything will be fine. However, for some reason, Bastion, because he's pathetic, can't wish himself back by himself. So he gets help from Falcor, the Old Gnomes, the New York Tree, and Rock Baby just kind of runs over and he's like, oh, hi, cool. And Kiss me. <laughs> he wasn't begging for kisses yet, <laughs> but he's terrible. And uh, so they all wish together and these uh, other Fantasians accidentally get pulled back into the human world of New York with Bastion. Although not where he is, but we'll get to that in a hot second. Uh, yeah, so so Bastion's back in the library and he can't just like, wish for the book back, I guess. Empress is like... For reasons, again. Yeah, for reasons, TM. And and the Empress is like, you need to get the Fantasians all together and then you can get the book back uh, to make this movie longer because we don't really have a plot. <laughs> I think that's... So what is the first thing that Bastion does to reunite all of these lost Fantasians? Well... He goes straight to his room and looks out a telescope. And uh, in terms of active searching, that's the most we ever see him do in terms <laughs> of trying to find any of these people. He somehow still manages <laughs> to, to be looking at the night sky, the one place where uh, Falcor happens to fly past. Um, other than that, everybody really just finds their way to him, including the gnomes who, I guess for some reason, know his address in the yeah. real world, even though he literally <laughs> just moved. Yeah, I, that, that's that's definitely a note for later as well, because <laughs> you're skipping ahead. But yeah, that, that I don't understand. He's like, yeah, you have to find all the Fantasians. Really, he finds one, kind of, and then the rest find him. They all kind of land uh, in various parts of the United States that have to do with them, like the, the New York accented tree lands in a forest that's being cut down and then the rock baby lands near um mount rushmore mount rushmore and tries to eat it yeah and then falcor is like just in the sky and almost gets hit by a plane and then the gnomes are in like a snowy place i don't know why theirs made no sense i don't know maybe because they thought maybe the movie thought they were elves and they, like santa and like snow <laughs> maybe <laughs> Uh, so, ba yeah, Bastion's home. Uh, he sees Falcor in the sky through his telescope and follows uh, where he went. Which was uh, what appeared to be a Lunar New Year festival in New York, which was extra confusing given the uh, <laughs> that he immediately followed. Well, not immediately following, but later in the movie, it is established that it is actually near Halloween time. Yeah. Yeah, Falcor ends up in Chinatown. It's definitely Chinatown in New York. And it looks like, a, yeah, like the Chinese New Year a lot. Um, and then suddenly it's Halloween later because they need it to be. And uh, <laughs> a little disturbingly, too, about Halloween is they, they go to a mall um, and they have a, what appears to be kind of a mall Santa, except it's like a Halloween mall Santa. It's like there wasn't a mall Santa. There was like a corner with a backdrop where you could sit and take your picture with like a Halloween background. It made no sense at all. But that's like everything in this goddamn movie. 
anyway, uh, Jack Black is still occasionally reading from the Neverending Story in like a lair, which looks a lot like the Lost Boys lair, like that the vampires hung out in. Okay, you you thought that yeah. too? Great. I really want to watch and the they, Lost they, Boys. And they were dressed very much like the Lost Boys too. Yeah, but not nearly as cool. The Lost Boys. Not enough eye makeup. Yeah, they would have beat the shit out of these motherfuckers. <laughs> so, yeah, because Jack Black was doing his best to be threatening, um, but he seemed confused as to what like an actual threat was you just hear him say things like i'm gonna rock his world a lot as if that was like you know a bad thing that would happen uh, mm. I yeah yeah i wrote in my notes uh jack black says more uh shit that makes me believe he has a crush on bastion he for sure does <laughs> He's like, I'm going to rock Bastion's world. And I'm like, Jack Black, honey. Wait like, until I find him. I'm going to blow his mind. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's peculiar. Um, yeah, Bastion finds Rock Baby and Falcor together at this Chinese New Year. Um, meanwhile, the old gnome couple has landed somewhere snowy and they end up at a FedEx uh, so they sneak into a package they find, and as they're walking in the package, they're like, oh, we'll sneak Bastion's address on it later. And and then we don't see anything coming back until much later when they're actually delivered to Bastion's house. Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> how do they uh, know the address? How do they get a pen? How do they get out of the box? These are all <laughs> questions that the movie's really hoping you don't ask. <laughs> we don't know. Just, anytime you have a question, just insert the childlike empress being like, hey, because I said so. Fuck you. That's exactly, yeah. Um, so, so meanwhile, back in Fantasia, uh, Rockman goes back to his rock woman uh, with her rock titties. Uh, she also had curlers in her hair, I was noticing. Like, just rock curlers. Yeah, like you do. I don't know, in like an apron. It was like they were like 1950s housewife, but make her rock. Um, and Rockman tells, tells his wife that uh, their rock baby's gone, uh, and she faints, because that's what women do when we're sad. Uh, and later, she's just, like, crying and rocking the empty cradle, and Rockman doesn't seem to care that his rock baby's gone. I don't know. Surprisingly I don't nonchalant. Him. Yeah, like, the, the whole thing between, the, they keep flashing back to, like, the rock baby parents as they're fighting, because uh, Rockman doesn't seem all that distressed at his annoying rock baby disappearing. You know, which I I kind of get. <laughs> yeah, his rock baby's kind of a shit. Okay, so Bastion goes to school uh, and, and leaves rock baby in his room uh, with instructions to meet him later that obviously the dumbass fucking rock baby isn't going to follow. Um, I also wrote, I want rock baby dead more than anyone in the world was my next note. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I had my own Orin so I could wish for this rock baby's death. <laughs> He's just like... He's giant rock baby, and he just talks in, like, a baby voice the whole time, and it's just terrible. And on the topic of wishing that we had an Orin so that we could wish this baby to death, uh, first thing that Bastion does is just go ahead and leave that Orin lying around where anyone can steal it. He does. Uh, Bastion leaves the Orin around, which apparently can grant him wishes, but whatever. Uh, and Nicole, his sister, sneaks into his room and seals the Orin. Uh, Rock Baby sees this and decides, I must tell Bastion. Meanwhile, where's Falcor? I don't know. Falcor and Rock Baby were together. Now they're not. Rock Baby ends up somewhere else later. Who knows? Uh, it, it, none of it matters. <laughs> Nothing matters. None of this matters. This is the whose line is it anyway of never-ending story movies. I did not have enough wine for this goddamn movie. I only had half a bottle, which is normally my limit. But today I needed more, and I... 
<laughs> it's terrible. Okay, so uh, the na- back at school, uh, the nasties pull some kind of prank on Bastion. I don't know what it was. I wasn't paying attention. Some water sprayed out of his... Okay. Uh, they had a lot of time to set up some weird-ass prank instead of just beating it up like they think they have done the whole movie leading up to this sure i wrote that i didn't notice because i was too busy wanting to die (laughs) that was my note at this point um also they're expelled why are they here this is also the point where i noticed that jack black is kind of balding and he's supposed to be playing like a 16 year old yeah this was also the point where uh rebecca checked the timestamp on the movies just about Every five to ten minutes to see how close to the end of the movie we were. By the way, this is all on YouTube. It's in a nine-part uh, clips that you can watch for free on YouTube. That's how we watched it. We watched it in the playlist. And every once in a while, I was like, what clip are we on? Six out of nine? Jesus Christ. All right, let's go. I was so done. And what happened next? Okay, so Nicole has the Orn, and her teacher catches her with it. So uh, Nicole wishes her away. Um, and that's the point where I realized that the Orn grants wishes because I didn't know <laughs> throughout the movie what was so important about this thing. That seems kind of powerful. Why couldn't Atreyu use it like that in the first movie? Uh, why couldn't, I don't know, Bastion use it a million times when he had the Orn? It seems incredibly powerful. It immediately grants wishes. Why couldn't he have been like, I wish I have the never-ending story in my hands right now? I no. wish I wish Black would give me the never-ending story. <laughs> Now, in fairness, for those who haven't seen the second one. Which is me. I have not seen the second one. He does have the Orn in that, and it does grant wishes, and he does use a lot of them, but every single time he makes a wish, he loses a memory. And then, by the end of the movie, he has no memories of anyone he loves. So I can see how he might have been hesitant to make wishes, but they're also ignoring the fact that that movie exists through most of the third one, including the fact that his father, who basically is the one who rescued him from the book in the second movie... Uh, they just kind of forgot that that happened. They mentioned the never-ending story to him. Does he doesn't? It doesn't register on his face. Like, oh no, I should make <laughs> sure that he doesn't get sucked into this fucking book again. Does not seem to care at all. He he sees the orn around his neck. Doesn't recognize this grant this wish granting necklace at all. Uh, so yeah, they 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 really uh they really tried to retcon that whole thing. So. I, I yeah <laughs> I didn't know any of that shit ridiculous yeah his dad clearly has no idea what's going on here and how did he get his memories back then if he lost them all in two did he get them back uh, childlike empress magic okay I mean he could have made one wish and lost one memory like who cares oh anyway the nasties figure out that Nicole has the orn um, meanwhile, the New York accented tree man is delivered to Bastion. I, I don't know how or why I, I wrote down that I might've been pouring wine at the point they explained it. You weren't. Okay. They just don't explain it. <laughs> they just never explain it. Okay. So tree man is delivered to Bastion's home. Meanwhile, the gnomes are also delivered at the same time. His stepmother gets the package and only seems mildly concerned that the package is moving and yelling at her. And Bastion explains it that he ordered a a parrot online. Which she was totally okay with. That explains it. Yeah. She was like, oh, all right. He ends up in a lot of situations where he has to lie about what is happening in a scene. And he gets progressively worse at it as the movie (laughs) progresses. Lying's not hard, everybody. I don't understand why it's so difficult for him. Um, so, So all of the sudden, all the Fantasians are here. 
uh, around Bastion conveniently. Um, and suddenly it's Halloween out of nowhere. There's been no hint at that, but they needed a reason for the creatures to walk around. Kids love Halloween. There's no reason why this wouldn't have been mentioned previously, why Bastion wouldn't be like planning out his costume or thinking about trick-or-treating. He's like kind of still young enough to trick-or-treat, I think, in this movie. Yeah. I, 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 but, and it's like not even, Halloween has nothing to do with this. They just walk outside with, with his like tree man and his rock baby and is Falcor there? I don't remember. And the gnomes and they see kids in costumes and Bastion's like, oh, look, it's Halloween. If anyone asks, just say you're in costume. Like, bitch, did you not know it was fucking Halloween until two seconds ago? You know, this this was one of those ploys of the movie makers to be in the running for like, oh, favorite Halloween movie ever. You know, it came around the same time as like Hocus Pocus. There was stiff competition. <gasps> Are you serious? <laughs> Nothing compares to Hocus Pocus, but this most certainly uh, uh, do that. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, the Nazis realize that Nicole has the Orn and that they're at the mall. Uh, so we get some scenes of Nicole at the mall wishing for clothes and stuff. No one seems to notice that she has a glowing necklace or that they immediately do whatever she wishes for. Um, my next note was more scenes at the mall that I hate with all my heart and I don't even want to type out. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of scenes there. They, they, there was a long shop. It was a much longer shopping spree than it had to be. And it was punctuated with the childlike empress watching the entire thing oh! for her palace. <laughs> and then she's like, huh, I never thought to go shopping with the Orn. <gasps> Bitch, you are the empress of this world. What store can you not go into and demand anything and they won't just give it to you? What? You don't need a wishing necklace for that. <laughs> It made me just realize that I wanted a movie with the Empress and Nicole just, like, hanging out. <laughs> It'd be like a scene of, like, um, oh, what's her name? Elle and, uh, what's her name from Stranger Things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Red. Not red. <laughs> she has red hair. Anyway, then I'm, like, shopping at the mall. That would have been great. Oh, yeah. I just wanted the Nicole and the Empress hanging out. It was like they needed to put the Empress back in. They're like, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. We haven't had the Empress in for like 45 minutes. Let's <laughs> give her a scene. What do women like? Shopping, shopping. right? Shopping. Yeah, right. women All like right. shopping. Good, 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 good. <laughs> Ship it. Uh, so the the Nassis steal the necklace from Nicole, who, who took it off to put on makeup. Yeah, following in the family tradition of just leaving this wish-granting necklace lying around for no reason. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, that that it causes a chase scene with the nasties and Bastion and Nicole and all the Fantasians, which is as terrible as you imagine it could possibly be. I, I you know, I found over the years that I'm particular about action films because I don't like car chases. And chases on foot with a bunch of dumb assholes, just as bad, worse, substantially much worse. worse, much, much worse. I was begging for a car scene, a damn dumbass time-wasting car scene that makes no sense. I would have died for that at this point. Just to see one fruit vendor get driven through. <laughs> Where you know no one's going to die. It's like 20 minutes in the movie. It's too soon. My cabbages. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, I, I don't think, I think the nasties just run away with the necklace. Then Bastion scolds Nicole for potentially causing the destruction of, like, an entire world. Fair. Yeah, fair. Uh, so Jack Black has the necklace and is taunting the Empress. Uh, he calls her Wilma, I think. Um, 
And she's like, that's not my name. But we still don't know what her name is from the first movie. We never find out her fucking name. Childlike Empress. Childlike Empress. Does anyone know her name? Please tell me her fucking name. Bastion yells out something, but I don't know what it was. I still don't know what it was from the first movie. Um, So at the mall, everyone is being all nasty to each other. Because I guess that's what Jack Black decided to do with uh, with his unlimited power. With his unlimited power, he's like, "I'm gonna make people throw spaghetti at each other." <laughs> what if people were like people, but they were dicks? <laughs> like, bitch, you're in New York. <laughs> They're already there. Um, Bastion's dad uh, yells and manhandles his new wife, and I think that she should divorce him. Like, he just like grabs her and like pulls her away. I was I was actually upset about that. I was like, come on. I get that it's the nasty, but my Christ. Um, Nicole's like, we should let him fight and get divorced because my mommy and daddy fought and got divorced. We can't stop it. Uh, and, and then Bastion gets struck by lightning. I think is that what happens? <laughs> you know, I, I'm really, I honestly am not. It, it kind of seemed like, oh, there was a lightning strike. Maybe someone is going to have powers or something, but. No, like lightning struck nearby and then they both got spooked and then they made up, I guess. Yeah. It it, kind of seemed like maybe it was written one way, but then they were like, I don't really know how to do that. So maybe this instead. Mm, Yeah. Uh, Like at first, Bastion starts saying really mean things to Nicole, which it seems like Jack Black is doing. And then all of a sudden he's like apologizing for Oh, no, she apologizes to him for being mean. And she's like, I really want to be your sister. Like suddenly... Uh, and, and, and that apparently makes Bastion, like, fine again. And then Asties don't interfere with this. I don't know what they're controlling and what they're not controlling. None of it makes any sense. Yeah, the book, at several points, <laughs> kind of changes what it does. I feel like it starts by just kind of recording what's happening. And then it kind of moves to uh, maybe Bastion can control things or the people reading it can control things more directly. Um, and then, then by the end... Uh, it's just kind of like changing the future and giving powers that didn't exist before, I guess. And yeah. It was it was a weird like, oh, well, now, uh, Bastion, you know, karate. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jack Black makes the rock baby and the tree man go to his lost boy's lair. Um, meanwhile, at the Crystal Palace, the nasty takes the shape of like a giant bug that we see for three seconds. I do not know or care what that was yeah there were really no stakes in that one no stakes in that one they were like oh the empress is in danger too i guess um meanwhile bastion and nicole go to the the lost boys nasty lair uh the orn gets passed between everyone somehow and then somehow bastion gets it and jack black tells him to put it down to see what a big man you are and i'm still confused and i still feel like i'm watching the power rangers and then he does it. And then he does he it. He puts it down. He puts it down. Nicole reads from the book and 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 says that Bastion puts the Orn down and kicks all their asses with his, quote, karate lessons, unquote. But she's taken, like, two karate lessons. Um, so he beats up the bullies with some bad karate moves and truly upsetting sound effects. And I'm confused and sad. Yep. That could also have been the subtitle of the movie. I'm confused. Never ending story three, confused and sad. <laughs> uh, so the bullies run away. Uh, you know, all that all that buildup in Jack Black. And he's like, oh, bye. Um, and Nicole keeps reading some book and sees that their parents are splitting up. And, and, and Rockman is leaving Rockwoman with her big old rock titties. And Bastion's like, whatever. 
and hugs all of his creepy friends goodbye and then wishes them back to Fantasia and for Fantasia to be back to normal and that works, I guess. Uh, meanwhile, Bastion and Nicole run home to beg Bastion's dad to not leave and Nicole calls him dad and I guess that's that makes everything fine again. Yeah, it was a little weird because at that point, I feel like the nasties had already kind of been dispersed, but the dad was still being kind of a shit. Yeah, the, the dad was still like, fuck this shit. I've been married for two weeks and it blows. And he was like walking out without his son. Like he packed up and was like leaving without his child. Like, I, I, was he going to leave his child with his new stepmother? I don't understand. Uh, we also, for some reason, needed more of Rock Baby. Yeah, I'm glad we got back to Rock I'm Baby. I'm so glad we got back to Rock Baby, who goes home and reunites his rock parents. Uh, so great. Uh, and then back at school, the Nasties have become nice and wear glasses. Uh, and then my one note is Jack Black looks weirdly hot. <laughs> In his glasses his button and up suits. shirt. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, these, for the, for the record, these 40-year-olds who have already been expelled <laughs> from this high school... Uh, and are trying to break a record for how long they can go without graduating, they are welcomed back into the school to yeah. resume their studies. I don't know if Bastian may have made that happen because he, he kind of mentions that he's the one who like uh, made the nasties that way, like made them all nice and proper and, and caring about school. Um, he, he puts the never-ending story back. He gives it back to the creepy old man who tells him the story still isn't over, but thank fucking Christ... The movie is a a, and that's what happened in the Neverending Story three. You're welcome. You're welcome. The lowest rated movie in the franchise. Shocking, right? So, John, did you like the Neverending Story three? Oh, <laughs> uh, I have emotions. Okay. Um, I don't know if like is one of them. Like strong word right now, isn't it? It is a strong word. It, uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. It's yeah. uh, a strong no. Yeah. I think my one, like, real feeling on it was that the first NeverEnding Story movie, it's clearly a kid's movie, right? Like, you can yeah. tell. It's definitely a children's movie, but it's still very enjoyable uh, at any age. And I don't have nostalgia attached to it. I saw it, like, in my early 20s for the first time. Like, I didn't see it as a child for the first time, you know? So I, I, I don't think I blame it on nostalgia for liking the first one and not this third one this third one felt like it was for much younger children it was very it was much dumber it, very dumb it was much much dumber and the puppetry wasn't nearly as magical or good uh, I, I could maybe a, maybe accept that it takes place in new york city <laughs> and not fantasia if it was done better but it it just wasn't uh bastion was never the good part of the never-ending story he was always the tolerated part of the never-ending story which sounds terrible but atreyu was just the the hero that we were rooting for he was more likable for innumerable reasons that includes never-ending story too for the record is atreyu in the never-ending story too he is the whole time <gasps> Oh, now I feel and like he's I... way better than Bastion oh, the whole time. I have to watch it now. I was never interested in any of them except the first one. But if Atreyu's in two, then I'll watch two. This just felt like they had extra puppets. I really don't know what it was. Like, why did they make this? It couldn't have been a money grabber because <laughs> none of them were, I don't think. <laughs> I I'm confused and sad again. Now, what do you think? So this came out in 94. What is the most 90s thing about this movie? 
the music, I would say, and a lot of the bully banter was very mm, like the bad. Bully banter was very nice. Yeah, like the little bully one-liners and like their snarky comments. It, it. I'm not kidding when I said it was very Power Rangers. Very Power Rangers. Yeah, if you watch the old Power Rangers show from the 90s, it was like that exactly, like to a T. It was super weird. I guess in conclusion, I get why it's the lowest rated on IMDb. I agree with you, IMDb. Um, it you was, did a good on this one. You IMDb. did a good. Yeah, it was unnecessary and strange in ways that weren't whimsical or good. <laughs> So I think that's going to do it for our never-ending story adventure. We have watched the best and definitely the worst <laughs> of the never-ending story. Which was which? <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> um, so I have a YouTube channel called The Tea Hags, where I drink way too much wine and ramble about books. You can also find me on Twitter at teahag underscore Rebecca. Then until next time... Watch the best. And leave the rest for us. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>